Welcome to the Enterprise Excellence Podcast, where our purpose is to help create a better future. Learn from our world's experts how to improve your organization sustainably. Learn how to achieve and sustain an excellence journey for yourself, others, and the planet. And I'm your host, Brad Jevons, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. We are proudly brought to you in association with SA Partners, a world-leading business transformation consultancy. SA Partners are a truly purposeful company focused on helping organisations achieve sustainable improvement for themselves, others, and the planet. Welcome to episode 36 of the Enterprise Excellence Podcast. I'm so pleased to have on the show with me today, Zenny Christofferson. Zenny is the Chief Operations Officer of Priestley's Gourmet Delights, one of Asia-Pacific's leading cake and dessert manufacturers. Zenny has focused her career on excellence for customers, people, and the planet. Let's get into the episode. Zenny, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Brad. Yeah. Good to be here. Yeah. Zenny, where did your interest in operational and enterprise excellence originate? Uh, so, Brad, it, I stumbled across it at a networking event um, and I was lucky enough that a few of my um, colleagues out in the industry had actually started the journey themselves. Um, so I took a keen interest and uh, luckily for me, I was invited into businesses where I had actually seen um, the organisation start the journey. Mm. Um, and yeah, I wanted to make sure that the businesses um, that I led were the best at what they do. Um, and I really appreciate the enterprise excellence, really make sure that all departments have the same methodologies and speak the same languages. Yeah, it's really cool. It's great. Like with yourself leading a family business like Priestley Zen that you've, you know, gone into this path so early on in, in your career and in the company's journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's actually been one of the best experiences that we've um, taken the business on and the results that we're seeing are quite phenomenal throughout mm. the organization. So That's yeah, a, it's been really good. Credit to you guys. Now, Zen, I know a key part of the journey that you spoke to me about with Priestley's on enterprise excellence is actually focused at getting gains for people and the environment, you know, rather than just economic, you know, and I know economics part of it, and you're getting great economic gains, but why is it important to you to have this people and environmental side in every improvement that happens through the organization? Yeah. Well, obviously people are our future and so is the environment. So we wanted to make sure that we were leaving the environment in a better place than what we started in. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, it's really important for us that um, our business is going to be around for future generations and that the environment is left in a better position for the future generations. Yeah. Then what, what benefits have you found in the organization of having this sort of holistic approach, you know, rather than just having the right, we got to become faster, slicker, better to compete. You've got this piece of now, guys, let's look at the environment. Let's look at social. Let's look at, okay, being more competitive, but how can we get win-wins? How's yeah. it helped? I think from a cultural perspective, Brad, you know, um, we've got buy-in now from every level of the business. And I love that our people um, really feel like they can have a positive impact, not only for the business, but also the environment and from a social point of view as well. Mm. It's really cool, isn't it? Like, I guess, you know, you were telling me before that, you know, your employees come to work and they come to work and they can actually help the environment at the same time they're helping you know, yeah. the business. 
It's kind of cool because you're seeing from um, the shop floor all the way through to the executive level that people are really taking into consideration the environmental impact that they're having. Um, so we partnered with Suez, um, a big uh, waste disposal business, and um, we implemented just recycling throughout our facility. And we're at 75% land diversion. Wow. To date. So that's a phenomenal effort. Um, but even just looking at the basic things that we do in manufacturing, you know, there's so many gains that we can have. Um, you know, one of the cool things is, is we're removing plastic from our facility and, you know, we had lots and lots of SKUs of plastic um, and we're proud to say that we're down to two SKUs with projects in place to remove, the, remove those two SKUs from the manufacturing process. Well, that's cool. And then I think you, you mentioned something there that I know you guys have achieved from a conversation where you've got the frontline team improving for the environment and economically, as well as management running projects, like the whole organization is moving in this direction. Now that's not common, but how have you, how, how has this helped you, this dual focus achieve that where everyone's on the improvement journey? Well, Brad, what we did was we implemented huddles throughout the business. Um, so we're using the acronym SIMPLE. So our purpose is to simply create happiness. And so what we've done is we've created huddles uh, throughout the organisation using that simple acronym. So was it safe? Did we improve? Did we make to plan? Was it profitable? Did we lead by example? And was it environmentally friendly? So throughout our whole, whole organisation, we really focus on um, the key drivers of our business and environment is one of those. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. So then we're, I want, want to move on and talk a bit about the COVID piece and the family business having to navigate that. Like what was, what was business like for you guys prior to COVID-19? Yeah, so prior to COVID-19, gosh, I think everyone's well changed um, the day that uh, we were told to shut down. But anyway, prior to that, business is really good, Brad, and we just started our enterprise excellence journey. So uh, September 2019, I'll never forget the date that we um, started our journey on enterprise excellence. And um, we were hitting all of our financial goals as well. Um, so we just started to hit, uh, kick some goals with our enterprise excellence journey as well with some of our environmental impact stuff as well. Yeah, so, yeah. so it, was, it was going quite well. It was good, Brad. Yeah. And so, you know, what, what were your primary goals leading into it? So you're, you're coming into sort of January, February 2019. Like what, what were you looking forward to at that time? Well, really, really embedding the enterprise excellence journey throughout our organisation. So we had just started to roll out our huddle process. Um, we'd just started to work out what our lead and lag measures were that we wanted to um, focus on. Um, and then obviously making sure that our business was economically viable for our employees. Yeah. So you're in, you're in a pretty good place, but it was just early on in the journey still. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then lockdown hit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so how, how did that hit you guys? Like what, what happens and, and why with lockdown? Okay. Uh, well, we lost most of our market share pretty much overnight. So uh, over, over, when Scott Morrison stood up to announce to Australia that they were shutting restaurants, pubs, clubs, um, and that everyone had to go into lockdown, um, that was pretty severe for us. Um, I remember... Uh, I went for a walk that morning at five o'clock in the morning and I was with my partner and I was crying because I was like, I don't know what to do. And I rang my national sales manager and I was like, right, what are we doing? How do we make sure that we survive this? Um, 
So yeah, wow. it was a bit. It was a bit surreal losing your market overnight. Because how how much of it do you mind sharing, Zen? How much of it? How bad did it hit you guys? It was ninety percent of market wow. lost overnight. Um, and I guess for me, on a personal note, um, I'm one of the family um, founding family members. So uh, my mum and dad own half the business, and my aunt and uncle own the other half of the business. And pretty much overnight, we lost everything, or it felt like we were going to lose everything. So. It was a very challenging time for our business and for our people in our business as well because they're very passionate about what they do. Yeah, I could imagine. And you describing that walk in the morning sort of says it all, I guess. Like it it would have been just like the twilight zone, I'm guessing. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't in the best frame of mind, Brad. <laughs> well, you and I know the results and we'll talk about that in a moment. But yeah. like, Zen, so you had this position where you know, I, I don't know what it was. Was it a Monday? Everything's all good or a Friday? Everything's all good. By the next day, 90% of the business gone. Yeah. Like what, what did you do? Like, how did you start to pivot strategically? And do you mind sharing with the listeners too, Zen, like how the enterprise excellence elements helped and what ones really helped you through this? Yeah, sure. So uh, obviously we're a cake manufacturing business. So we had, uh, with the loss of market share overnight, we obviously had to cut expenses wherever we could. Um, We had to pivot quickly to make sure that we could uh, reduce any exposure that we had to raw ingredients as well, um, because obviously a lot of them would have use-by dates. Um, So we really worked with our suppliers on that to see if we could return anything, hold orders off, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but our main focus was to make sure that we had a business left for our employees to return to. From a sales point of view, um, we went down the sales agile methodology um, where we brought the team to de- together and had uh, lots of huddles. Um, it was the first time in our history where we broke the sales team down from regions into sales channels, which helped us focus on um, particular paths or markets where we thought that we had opportunities that we hadn't explored yet. Um, and just, I guess, from an enterprise excellence point of view, all the work that we'd done in terms of um, leader standard work, leading excellence, and also from a huddle point of view, it really helped us execute um, quickly because we had to pivot fast. Yeah. I, love, I love the point you made too, Zen, that you guys during that time, really broke into small teams. You went even tighter on small teams and got even greater focus. Yeah. Combining that with the systems you already already had started to put into play. But how did getting that laser-like focus and I guess engaging the frontline employees in planning, how do we pivot and how do we come back? Yeah. How did that help? Well, Brad, um, it opened up new opportunities in the market for us very quickly. Um, So with that laser-like focus, we were able to problem solve, um, troubleshoot, and then go back to um, any opportunities that we had that were otherwise unexplored. Um, So it did allow us to recover our position quite quickly as well. So um, I can't recall when lockdown ended because last year was such a blur, but (laughs) um, by August, we were back to about 60% of sales. Um, and then we've had a very quick recovery since then. Wow. Mm. Zen, how did, how did you manage this remotely? Like I got a question on this. You've got lockdown happening, all your employees around the country pretty well at home. Yeah. Like how, did, how did you do this remotely? Uh, well, video is 
Teams, Zoom is our friend now, right? Um, so it was about how we could connect quickly with our employees. Um, so we arranged um, specific times where we would have quick huddles um, via Teams. We, we use predominantly Teams throughout our organisation. So um, we also had Teams project plans that we could work towards as well. So that it was very visual and created huddle boards off the project, individual project plans. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Microsoft Teams has Teams has a lot of good features in there to allow you to do it, doesn't it? Absolutely, and they've improved, which is great to see. Yeah, they're continuously yeah. improving. Nice. Yeah. And then, were there were there any other bits and pieces of technology, like for our listeners, that you you found helpful through this time and going forward? Like Microsoft Teams is one of them. Is there any other bits and pieces that really helped? Mm, not not anything that we were using from a day-to-day point of view I guess just you know having teams and being able to share your computer screen so that we could actually see the huddle boards um, virtually we use Microsoft PowerPoint so it's very basic but it works really well for us Um, and I would say that you know a majority of our staff were not that tech savvy so we had to keep it simple um, without implementing too many new computer programs that's cool there's a lot of value in that. I can understand where you've got teams who have all of a sudden gone remote. They're not that tech savvy, but you've created the outcomes using the most simple technology that people have got. Like you don't get more simple than PowerPoint, do you? No. Sometimes it's, it's, it's about keeping it simple, especially in times of crisis, Brad, uh, because people don't always think logically. So if they're new, using something that they know, they trust, it's easy to roll out throughout the whole organisation. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, what were the um, results for you? Like how did it play out and what were some of the results that you got, got out of this where you've pivoted rapidly, you've pulled the front, whole team together from the front line, you've broken down into small teams, focused like crazy, but yeah. what the end results you started to get out of this? Yeah, so we won some really good um, independent retail contracts, which was fabulous. Um, we worked with one of our key QSR um, partners and um, we're really able to focus on that product line for them and make sure we were delivering value. Um, from a team point of view, I've never seen the team more engaged. Um, we've actually kept a, a national sales meeting um, on a Wednesday where they talk about their leads, their opportunities and what's in their sales pipeline. We thought outside the square, Brad, so uh, we scraped some data off Uber and we worked out uh, which cafes um, we could value add to their menu. So we not only simply created happiness for us but also simply created happiness for them by making sure that their basket was an increased value by adding a dessert option. Um, And hopefully we uh, simply created happiness to the end consumer as well and um, not too many people put on too many COVID kilos. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> I've had your products before, and they're absolutely amazing. And um, I'm sure you brought some happiness through that time when, well, which many people yeah. are still going through. Yeah. And do you mind sharing, like, where is business at now, and what elements are you retaining from that COVID time going forward? Yeah. Um, so proud to say that our business has fully recovered, which is um, a great effort and we couldn't have done it without our fabulous team. You know, they've really um, taken it in their stride. Um, we have taken a more focused approach, I think, on our customers. So, again, um, we 
we do have regional sales um, people. Um, however, the sales managers are very much focused on, on their own specific channels rather than um, focusing just on their state or their, their, their area. Um, what else have we done? We've kept all the huddles, the virtual huddles going as well, especially when we've had remote teams because it's a really great way for us to connect with our employees. Um, and then I guess from the manufacturing facility, you know, just being able to welcome them back in. Um, when we welcomed them back into the factory, um, it was a really great day because um, I know a lot of them personally. We have a lot of long-standing employees. Um, but just making sure that they were realigned with what our purpose was and what our values were and making sure that um, as they re-entered the workforce that they um, had a clear understanding of where we needed to go. Yeah. I think I keep hearing through our conversations and the key elements where you have the whole organization involved. And you, I know you guys aren't a small organization. You know, you, you're a lot of employees. So you've got everyone involved at all levels. And you've also worked really hard on a number of techniques to focus people. And I guess it yeah. sounds like it's just going to give you benefit coming out of COVID now and going forward. Yeah, and you're starting to see that now in our numbers, Brad, and also um, employee engagement too. So um, we just did a pulse survey um, and we've increased our results by 10% off last year, which is amazing. And it's, wow. um, it's really great to see that the employees think that, uh, you know, you can actually see that they understand what the purpose of our organisation is and what their purpose is in, in order for us to achieve as an organisation. So it's been some really great results, Brad, and um, I'd expect to see that to continue. Yeah, that's awesome. I can really see and hear that you've now had a lot of great outcomes culturally at the same time as strategically. Yeah, which was really important for us because... Um, before the enterprise excellence journey, we had a lot of, um, I wouldn't say cultural issues as such, but a lot of uh, this is the way we've always done it. So this is the best way approach. So we've um, certainly worked on that and you're starting to see that being removed from the culture. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, Zenny, one, one thing I'm doing a fair bit now is putting out some two-minute tips to the network. I find a lot of people really value these short, sharp tips. You know, not mm -hmm. everyone can watch a 30-minute podcast or listen to a 30-minute podcast, I should yeah. say. But Zen, based on your journey and what you've been through as a family business, is there a two-minute tip that you would give to the audience? You know, two-minute short, sharp tip that you go, right, just focus on this. It will help. I think it's focus on your people. Listen to your people. They're the ones that are going to come up with the answers. You don't need to know everything. They will supply that to you. That's cool. And I can hear through our conversation that you did that through the prior to the crisis and then the whole way through the crisis. Yeah, I, I, certainly um, prior to the crisis I did, but I probably put more emphasis on it now because um, a lot of the time it was our employees coming up with the solutions. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. and, and when you look at quality at the source, um, you know, and enterprise excellence at the source. You know, your frontline workers are the ones that, you know, see the product every day. They know how to fix the problems. Um, the executive team won't have all the answers. Yeah. Zenny, I know that when I work with senior leaders and they feel like they have to have all the answers, it puts a lot of stress on them and strain because the pressure mounts. How do you find the change in pressure now that you've got, this happening what you've just said 
It really means that I can focus on the more strategic side of the business. You know, I'm not involved in the day-to-day tactical side. Um, and, you know, not only that, it's empowered my people. And you see, and I'm seeing growth in the individuals too throughout the organisation, which has been really fabulous to see. Hey, Zen, reflecting back on the whole COVID-19 time and what you've been through, is there anything that you do differently? Is there anything that you advice you'd give to people to say, well, actually, on reflection... I could have done this differently. So I thought about this quite a bit, Brad. And for me personally, it was not panicked and to not lose sleep. So I was pregnant um, during the time of COVID. So it was a bit of an uncertain time for, for me um, as well. But, you know, believe in your people. Your people are going to deliver for you. And if you've got a good product, you'll always be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing that uh, I would have said is watched less news. It was a bit of doom and gloom. <laughs> so definitely stop watching the news. And yeah. Um, yeah. I can relate to that. I found myself glued to news updates. Yeah. 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 But it's a, it's a credit to you that, you know, Zen, I didn't, you've had a baby and helped lead Enterprise Excellence through COVID. And like, that's amazing. Must have been a wild year. Oh, uh, yeah. It was challenging, I think, the politically correct way of saying that is. <laughs> <laughs> Too true. Hey, hey Zen, what, what advice would you give to someone starting, looking to start an enterprise excellence journey? Like, it's quite amazing with your journey that you're really a year and a half, two years down the track yeah. and you've used the techniques to survive COVID. But what advice would you give to someone just looking to start out in that area now? Yeah, so for me, it's about progress, not perfection. So there's a lot to learn. You're never going to get everything right the first time around. So it's focus on the progress, not on nailing it to perfection. Um, And that I think for me, enterprise excellence is a journey that, you know, will never stop. There's always something to learn. There's always something to implement. Um, There's always training to give to your staff. So uh, it's, it's a lifetime journey. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. And it's, it's certainly going to put you in good stead, Zen. Like I know from our conversation, I can see that you're constantly trying to seek perfection and do things better. And you've now got a company where that whole culture is exuding through. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Hey, Zen, for yourself, what have you learned recently that you didn't know before? What's been a recent insight <laughs> for you? So, Zan, what, what have you learned recently that you didn't know before? What's been a recent insight for you? Okay, Brad. Um, so, this is not enterprise excellence related and it's a tad boring, but I was really, I've been thinking about what I've, I've learned. And um, for me, it's called Lux Light Ratings. So, very boring. <laughs> wow. But yeah, what's required in terms of um, Lux ratings throughout facilities and offices, um, what lighting levels is required. Um, and then I also found out that the measurement of one Lux is equal, equal to the illumination of one square metre away from a single candle. So very boring, but uh, (laughs) I guess from, um, you know, my position, it's one of those things, you know, I always get exposed to different elements of the business and that's what I've learned just recently. Mm. But I guess then too, like lighting, it's, it's such a critical factor when you talk of factory, I'm guessing. So it is, but there's also different elements to it. So you can't just put in a normal lighting because there's specific quality requirements that's also required. 
So it's not as simple as just going, oh, I'm just going to replace that with that light. So, yes, I've been involved in a lighting project recently, as you can wow. tell. Continuous learning. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're exerting it. You're leading by example, Zen. Oh, thanks, Brad. So, Zen, going forward on your enterprise excellence journey, I'm sure there's some insights that businesses are going to gain from our conversation. How can people reach out to you if they want to connect and, and learn more? Yeah, sure. So you can email me directly at Zanny, so X-A-N-N-Y at pgdelights.com.au or find me on LinkedIn, uh, Zanny Christopherson. It's a tongue twister, so I'll spell it for you. It's X-A-N-N-Y and then Christopherson, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-S-E-N. Zanny, that's great. Zanny, thank you so much for the knowledge you've shared and the humility in your what you've given to us today. I can see that you've surely worked with your team and created great outcomes for themselves, but also the future, and well done. And uh, thank you for helping us all through this episode. No worries. Thank you, Brad. Catch you later, and Bye for now. See ya. Bye. There were two key takeaways for me from this episode. One, involve everyone in cultural and strategic planning. And two, establish a system for people at all levels to retain focus and execute strategic and cultural improvement. Takeaway number one for me is about involving everyone in the planning process to help the organization and its people align and focus. Priestleys have taken this to a whole new level by focusing on their purpose and the bigger picture outcomes they want for people and the planet. By involving people at all levels of the organisation in strategic and cultural planning, you help them engage, build motivation and ultimately form their own plans which will help the organisation move forward and compete. Moving on to key takeaway number two, strategy and cultural improvement plans are not worth much if they are not executed well at all levels of the organisation. Priestleys have done well establishing a multi-tier huddle approach. These are short five, ten minute stand-up meetings around a visual board every day to identify challenges and execute strategic and cultural improvement. This system allows for issues to be escalated quickly to leadership if needed. The teams own the scoreboard and the meeting. Zenny mentioned the benefits she as a leader has gained through the development of this system. Thanks again for your knowledge and support Zenny. Bye for now.